Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on Mary Abajay. She's the author of the best-selling Managing Up, How to Move Up, Win at Work, and Succeed with Any Type of Boss, is the president of CareerStone LLC, a full-service organizational and leadership development consultancy that delivers leading-edge talent and organizational development solutions to business and government. Mary is the co-host of the weekly workplace advice podcast, Cubicle Confidential, and is a frequent expert contributor for television, radio, and print publications. Welcome, Mary. Hey, Keelan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a guest on your podcast today. Yeah, thank you. So before we dig into why I have you on the podcast, which is to talk about managing up in a hybrid organization, I'm curious how you got into this space. What's your story? Oh my God. How much time do you got? That's my first question. Uh, So I'm going to make a very long story short. Before I got into this space, I actually owned a bar and a nightclub. I owned two places in Washington, DC, and I got really bored, but I found that I was so like just transfixed by human dynamics and, and human people and how they interacted. And I loved building my team, but I didn't really like managing the bars. So I went back to school and became a consultant and just kind of fell into this line of work, which I just love. I love helping people be successful. I love helping people navigate tricky workplace situations. And I love helping leaders create really great, dynamic, robust, productive, and positive workplaces. So it was an odd journey and I kind of fell into it. And I just love it. Well, I'm so glad you did because your book is probably one of my favorite books. I feel like <laughs> it should be required reading for anyone in any sort of professional space. So I am so glad you fell into this. <laughs> well, you're so kind, you know, and the reason I wrote the book is because, you know, in working with teams and groups all the time, I get people complain to me all the time about their bosses and bosses complain to me all the time about their employees. And I'm thinking, why don't you people just talk to each other? Like, why don't you just like have these conversations? And when I went to write a book, because I was actually asked by a publisher to write a book, Wiley, thank you, Wiley. I looked and there were literally a million books on how to be a manager and how to be a leader. And the time I did my book a couple of years ago, there were like 12 books on how to manage up. And I thought, well, that's crazy. More of us, well, all of us have bosses, even top leaders, everyone reports to somebody. I couldn't figure out why we weren't teaching people how to manage up, how to manage some of their most important workplace relationships. So I saw a little gap. I saw a little need and I said, hey, I can fill that need. I can fill that gap. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. I love your book. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) So now on to managing up in a hybrid organization, what are you seeing with your clients in terms of return to work? Like what trends are you seeing? Oh my gosh. Well, we're seeing things all over the map. So we have a work in both the government and the private sector space. So in the government sector space, we're still seeing primarily remote work. A government tends to be, at least the federal government, tends to be a little bit more 
COVID cautious, if you will. So they are staying primarily remote with a little bit of return to office. The private sector, we're definitely seeing a faster return to the physical office. And we are seeing on the hybrid side, a whole spectrum of hybrid possibilities. We are seeing somewhere on the one end, the employers are saying it's a free for all people the choice is yours. You figure out how you want to work, when you want to work in terms of location, all the way to the other side of the spectrum where it's like everybody back in the pool or everybody back in the pool come to the office except for one day a week and work remotely. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's a huge spectrum of things going on. I will say this, the government, especially federal government agencies are probably a little bit more poised to succeed in the hybrid because unbeknownst to a lot of private sector people is a lot of government agencies had very robust telework policies before the pandemic. So I think that they're probably maybe a couple of steps ahead in terms of knowing how this is going to work. Sure. So you touched on this in your book a bit, but what are some workplace personas? Yeah. So workplace personas is kind of a fancy word uh, for basically profiles or composites of people or types of people based on uh, their workplace and their work experience, needs, wants, and preferences, how people prefer to operate in the workplace, how they prefer to get stuff done. It could also be around their level of experience or their phase stage of their career. And when you're talking about hybrid personas, which I find really interesting, I have, there's three that really are the big three for the hybrid. And I think this is important for people to understand that because uh, hybrid personas are really going to come into play here. So the three personas when it comes to hybrid are these number one is the office craver. And this is the person who wants to be in the physical office. And they may be an office craver because they are a raging extrovert, right? And they just want to be around other people. They may be an office craver because they are just starting out in their career. And they know that being connected with people in person will be very helpful, or they just need to learn a lot. And then you're going to have a lot of office cravers who are called the command and control. And so these might be like baby boomers, or these might be managers or leaders who believe that to get work done, we all have to be in the office. Like that's the only way I know that things are happening. So office cravers right now make up in the general population about 10 to 15% of US workers. The second category of personas in hybrid is called the mixer. And these are people who want to mix it up a little bit. They want to work in the office some days and they want to work remotely on other days. And they might prefer this mixing for different reasons. Maybe they have some work that is done much better when they're working remotely or when they want to go in the office to be connected to people, or they might mix just because they're kind of nomady and they get kind of bored in one place. Uh, so lots of different reasons why they mix. And current studies show mixers make up the majority of people right now in the work in the workforce. So they're about 60 to 75% of the workers. Now, your third major persona in hybrid is the what they call the home dweller. And this is the individual or person that sees no need to go into the physical office at all. I can work just as fine at home. Why do I need to schlep into an office to get my work done? And so home dwellers, they think account for like 10 to 15% of the uh, population right now. So understanding the personas 
assets that you are going to be working with when you're creating your hybrid, or if you're going all back in the pool is really important. So Keelan, I'm going to ask you, what's your persona? Are you an office graver, (laughs) a mixer or a home dweller? I was just thinking about that. I am definitely a mixer. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. And so how do you determine what, what the mix is for you? I think if I have to talk to my engineers, I'd prefer to do it in person because getting in touch with them via email is a bit difficult, (laughs) but like anything that I need to do, I'm, I do proposals. So anything that I actually need to get done in a proposal, I'd rather be at home so that no one can walk up and bother me. Yeah. And that, you know, what you just described is a classic, is a classic quality of the, of the mixer persona. That's how when mixers who are very successful actually look at it just the way you did. It's the remote work is for that deep focus, that deep concentration. And the office time is for those times where you really need to get connected. Yep. Yep. How about you? I'm a home dweller. (laughs) (laughs) I'm So my company itself is remote. So we've always been a remote team. However, the services that we provide have always been in person. You know, I go to my clients, I'm on stage in front of my clients, I'm leading a workshop in front of my clients. So most of that has always been in person. That part of my work, I really miss. So we've done right. very well during the pandemic, thanks to Zoom, thanks to WebEx, thanks to Teams. But yeah, if it wasn't for client delivery, I would never leave my house. Right. <laughs> so you're a home dweller by design. I'm a home dog by design, but I do have to mix it up to get that energy of being with my, my clients, which is, as you know, when you do uh, public speaking training, uh, things like that, it's just so much more fun in person. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what do you see as some of the biggest pitfalls for hybrid success? Yeah. So there's a couple of things, a couple of things that I think are are pitfalls or challenges. And one is really quite frankly, picking the right model. There are so many different models of how hybrid can work. And we talked about the spectrum, but even within that spectrum from lots of flexibility to no flexibility, it really depends on, you know, who is the, who gets to do the choosing? Is it the employer? Is it the employee? Is it the team? And how much flexibility are you giving people? Are you giving them, you know, one day a week remote, three days, five days? Are you having people choose to be completely remote or completely in the office? There are so many different models that I think having companies really kind of wrap their arms around all their choices and pick the right one is going to be a bit of a challenge and a bit of an experiment. I think that another challenge that we are going to have, regardless of your model, is making sure that we account for or prevent disconnect between those in the office and those working remote. You know, pre-pandemic, most people were all together in the office with maybe an occasional work from home day. During the pandemic, most people were 100% remote. So it was very equalized, right? We were all sharing the same experience. So now that we're going into hybrid, just kind of managing that and making sure that the different sides of the coin are always connected is going to be, I think, a pitfall. Making sure that you have the right communication uh, protocols, that you are keeping people included in things. And really watching out for something which we call uh, presence bias. And this is basically the, the sort of bias, the, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the inclination that we have 
to favor people that we see right in front of us, right? So <laughs> if a great project comes along and, you know, Keelan, you're sitting there right next to me and I'm your manager, I'm going to be like, oh, Keelan, this is perfect for you. Right. Or we're walking down the hall and we talk about something. Do I remember to tell the other people on our team who are working remote? So really watching out for presence bias. Also another pitfall that I'm seeing with some of my clients is making the hybrid feel fair and inclusive. So mm. for example, one of my clients is a, is a large health system in the Midwest. And so parts of the health system, like the people who are delivering the healthcare don't have a lot of opportunity to be remote, right? They have to right. show up and deliver services, but they're supporting administrative functions. Like let's say the finance department could be 100% remote. So they're really struggling with something that's going to be fair and inclusive because the finance people want to stay remote and the administration and the executives are trying to let them know, but that's not really fair for the people who can't be remote. So figuring out that level of fairness. And then the last big pitfall that I see is, you'll love this, uh, is basically managerial inadequacy. In other words, mm. most managers aren't prepared to manage a hybrid working environment. Because sure. let's be honest, most managers aren't good at being managers anyway, pre-pandemic, which is why I wrote the book. And many <laughs> of them struggled doing it remotely. So now we're asking managers to be both great in-person managers and remote managers at right. the same time. So I think that's going to take many managers kind of off guard. I don't think they're really preparing what that really means to manage a hybrid workforce. Sure. Well, that segues perfectly into my next question, which is what are some leadership concerns with the hybrid work environment? Oh yeah. So there are many. So the top level concerns, I'll tell you like what they say they care about, and then I'll tell you what they really care about. Perfect. <laughs> so what they say they care about are things that are really connected to the culture of the organization. Managers want to preserve the culture. They really want to make sure that, and for them, that's things like the teamwork, working together, the mentoring and the knowledge sharing that happens when we're co-located, the relationship building and the networking, the sense of shared purpose, the camaraderie that happens. These are things that they say that they are worried about and they are worried about them. Let's be clear. But I think what they often forget is when you're talking about things like culture, your culture isn't based on being co-located. Your culture is based on the values that you purport and reinforce in your organization. So leaders that are really worried about culture need to take a step back and really define what it is about their culture that they want to keep. So that's what they say they're worried about. But what managers really worry about, what they fear are these things. And they're, by the way, they're reasonable. I'm not judging them at all, but they fear losing control. What is happening when people are out of sight, right? So if they're going to be sure. in person, people are gone, they're going to fear that losing control. They're also going to fear losing hearts and minds and that connection to, as I said before, the company culture. They want to feel people that are, people are engaged. They do, some managers are fearing maintaining equity, like how do we keep this fair? And basically they also fear achieving work goals. So those are the basic things that they worry about and they fear. And these are some of the things that I want them, you know, I want managers and leaders to really, you got to name it to tame it. So I want sure. them to really be honest with themselves and maybe even with their people about their concerns, about their fears, about their worries, so that then they can create shared agreements, shared strategies to alleviate those fears and concerns. Perfect. So then how can employers and managers make this hybrid situation work? 
Yeah. So the first thing I would say, and by the way, that's a great question. The first thing I would say is this view hybrid as an organizational change. Mm. An organizational change is hard and it takes time. I think a lot of organizations are viewing it as all oh, kind of returning to normal, which by the way, would also be an organizational change. So you sure. really want to, you really want to approach this with all the same basic change management uh, skills and strategies that you would for any kind of organizational change. Don't just think this is just going back to normal because it's not, it's a new organizational change. So you're going to want to make sure that you have a, a change plan. You're going to want to make sure that you're communicating the change accurately. You're going have to make sure that you are looking out for resistance to change. You've got to make sure that somebody is leading this change and paying attention to the change. So really marshal all of your change agent, your change management skills and strengths and put them towards this. You also need to make sure that you are paying attention because the pandemic isn't over. COVID isn't done. So you've right. got to make sure that you are really tapping into and understanding what your policies are around safety, around COVID prevention. How are people going to feel safe back in the workplace? So really thinking through all of that really, really clearly. You know, I have one client who they started to come back to work and they decided for in-person meetings, they were going to leave it up to the people in the meeting, whether or not they were going to wear the mask. And the whole idea was if, and if just one person was concerned, people would wear masks, right? So that sounds like it's fair, except what would mm. happen is that they go into the meeting and someone would say, you know, uh, okay, should we wear masks? And the first person to speak would be the leader who would say, no, 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 we don't need masks. Well, then what do you think all the underlings did? They're like, oh, okay, we won't wear masks. So even those who are concerned were afraid to speak up because the leader had already spoken. So things like that, that's an example of things that will that organizations are gonna have to think through when they're thinking through their policies. Right. And the second thing I want them to do is view this as an experiment. No, not too many organizations have done a hybrid before. So like with any experiment, you're going to think some things are going to work and some things aren't going to work. As with any change or any experiment, you're going to have some unintended consequences. So be on the lookout for that. Understand it's an experiment. Pilot a few things. Try out a few things. Be willing to stay flexible and shift as you need to shift. And that will also mean making sure that you are seeking regular feedback from your employees. Have conversations about how the hybrid model is working for them and some ways that you could change it or shift it. In other words, do plus deltas all the time. You know, what's working well, the pluses and the deltas. What are some things that we could do more of, less of, or differently to make this hybrid work? So stay in touch with your people, create that two-way feedback loop, stay flexible, communicate, 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 and really think about the granularity of your policies. How are you going to onboard people? How are you going to run your meetings? How are you going to make sure people communicate? How are you going to performance manage in a hybrid? So lots of things I think that they need to start thinking about. Right. So then this is also a two-way street in, yep. in my opinion. So you've got the managers who need to do their piece, but you also have the employees who need to try and make this work. So what do employees need to do to make it work? 
Yeah. I love that you're asking this because you are absolutely right with the two-way street. This is going to be a partnership. I truly believe there's as much responsibilities on the employees as on the employers. And the employees have a lot to gain by making it work because the vast majority of people want to retain some flexibility and some control over their workplace options and choices. So employees, you really do have a big role to play here. One is I need you to see this as a partnership. This is managing up into a hybrid situation so that you can find success, your boss can find success, and the organization can find success. So one of the I have a list of you. I've got four or five things I'm gonna give you and then and then before Keelan kicks me off. Number <laughs> one, <laughs> number one, I want you to get granular with your manager and your leaders and your team, which means I want you to move from policy to practice, right? So the policy is one. Thing. Oh, everybody can work two days a week from home. All right, great. Now I want you to have a conversation with your manager. What does that really look like? What two days a week are you going to work from home? What does the team want to do? What will that look like when you're working two days from home? How will you and your manager communicate? It's some ways it's going to be similar to the conversations that you had when you went remote. How are you going to conduct team meetings? For example, let's say some of you are remote during the meeting day and some of you are, are in person. Does that mean you're going to go back to the old fashioned days of, you know, conference room and then you call in? Uh, which we know always sucked anyway, or is everyone right. going, are you going to equalize the playing field and everyone's going to do the call remotely, no matter where they are. So really thinking about things like that. I also want you employees. I want you to really tap into what your manager worries about. What are their fears? What are their concerns about the hybrid? What's their persona? If they're an office craver, you need to know that, right? So you really want to get a sense of what your manager is concerned about. And you can do that simply by saying, what are your biggest concerns about moving into hybrid? And then mm. shut then shut it and listen to what they say. And so see what you can do to alleviate your, I also want you to seek regular feedback from them. Every couple of weeks, check in and say, hey, boss person, just want to check in how this is going, you know, are the things I could do more of less of or differently uh, in order to make this hybrid work well for you. So that's what I want you to do. You do need to be very transparent about your work schedule. Uh, you want to be very transparent about when you're going to be in the office, when you're not going to be in the office, when you are not in the office, when you're working remotely, you need to be very available for communication because I'm telling you people, the minute managers go back into the office, a good portion of them are going to start to distrust and mistrust remote work. We're already seeing that happen. So make sure you're staying connected and visible and communicative with your managers. So use many of the same best practices you did for virtual. Uh, my last tip is this, show your face. Remember, visibility does matter. So I want you to really be conscientious and conscious and intentional about showing your face. And that means oftentimes it means showing up at the office on a regular basis, whether it's one day a week or whether it's three days a week, I want you to show your face. When you're showing your face, I also want you to think about the office as a place and a time for connecting with others. As we heard from Keelan earlier, as you said, like, if you're going to go into the office, 
close your door, work on that proposal all day, open your door and go home. That could have been done at home. So when you're in the office, I want you to think about connectivity, meet with people, see people in the flesh, take five minutes, reconnect with people, make sure your boss sees you. I also want you to be strategic about when you go in. So let's say there's an important client coming in. I'd show up that day, an important meeting. I'd show up that day. Maybe your boss's boss is going to be there and you want to have FaceTime with that person. So really align your in-office visits, if you will, with things that are important and priority projects and things like that. So show your face. Be consistent with when you go, that can help engender trust and make the most of the time that you are actually in that office. Make sure it's about connecting and building those relationships. Perfect. So then do you see this lasting? Is this a fad? Is this something that, like you said, is just, we're slowly phasing into the quote unquote normal. So what normal used to be, where do you see this going? I, I, I think the genie is out of the bottle. I think that it is here to stay. I think whatever the hybrid looks like today for your company may look different in six months, but I think that the organizations that offer flexibility in some fashion are going to win the war for talent. So I have a couple of law firms that are my clients and they are seeing a mass exodus of associates who want more flexibility because a lot of law firms because of their clients, like the big banks, aren't, aren't supporting much remote or hybrid workplaces. And so the big professional services firms are seeing people leaving, especially the law firms, unless they get more flexibility. Uh, and hybrid is a great combination. So I think it's here to stay. I really do. So then what other tips do you have for the hybrid workplace? You know, I think the other tips I have is just kind of a recap of a couple of things we talked about. One is that it is a partnership. So really be clear uh, with people about needs, wants, expectations. I really think having transparent conversations around what we want, what we expect is really going to be key for the hybrid workplace so that everybody knows what everybody else is expecting. And we have a conversation about that. I think managers are gonna have to learn how to manage by results instead of like seeing your butt in that seat. So Mm. I think that could be a great thing as long as the managers really learn how to manage. It's a great growth opportunity for that. I say the other thing is, you know, as I said earlier, there's a lot of different models out there. So if the one you pick today doesn't really work, that's okay. Again, be flexible. This is an experiment. Try on different models. And I think the last thing I would say to managers is really be aware. This is going to be really hard on managers. Really be aware of, of presence bias. You know, when handing on a plum project or sharing news or information, take a beat and think who's here in the office today. And who do I need to reach out to, to make sure they are connecting? And my last tip, (laughs) I keep saying that's my last tip. I would say for those of you who are just starting out in your career or you're new to your organization, uh, really do take some time to have some face time. Those early days in your career or those early days in your new organization, you know, building those relationships is really important, really having a good, strong internal network. And yes, we can absolutely do that remotely. It's just easier, Keelan, and faster to do that in person. So really do be strategic about having physical FaceTime visibility. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even when we were in person working virtually or remotely with 
our other colleagues, the second you meet them in person, your relationship just naturally becomes more solid. Yeah. Even if you've been at the, yeah, it's just, you just have a sort of kinship that develops when you see someone physically in person. I know. And this is such a great opportunity because think about people that you've met remotely, like a new client or somebody, and you've emailed and then you meet them. You actually think you like them better. <laughs> Definitely. You're more excited for sure. <laughs> That's exactly right. And hopefully you bet you build up some goodwill through your email exchange. And so then you're, they're already instant friends. Yeah. Sure. I think you're absolutely right. So this is a great, you know, use this as an opportunity for growth, everybody, whether it's your own personal growth or your relationships growth. So then lastly, I really wanted to touch on your podcast because I love it. It's Cubicle Confidential. You cover a bunch of the topics that we talked about today and then some. So could you explain what it's about? Yeah. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. It was really scary to do the podcast. So yeah, it comes out every week. It comes out every Wednesday. I co-host it with a amazing colleague of mine named Chris DeSantis, who is fabulous. And it's basically an advice podcast. So people write us in letters or they tweet us, or sometimes they call us, or sometimes they see me in person and they ask me. And there are questions all about the workplace, whether it's your career as an employee, as an employer, whether it's about your colleagues that drive you crazy, and they write in and Chris and I banter about the different answers. And so we try to give the listeners as many options to solving their cubicle quagmires, their office dilemmas as possible. You know, for one, one of my favorites was someone wrote in because one of their office mates was smelling and they were worried as they were going, was it real smeller before the pandemic? And now that they're going back, they were like, okay, how you know, he really stinks. I mean, badly. So do we tell him? And I was like, I was like, no, you should have someone else tell them. And Chris is like, no, you should do it. Like, so it's really fun. So we don't always agree on what you should do, but yeah, topics range from, you know, how to tell someone they stink to how do I get promoted? <laughs> it's, it's sometimes so in the same episode. Yeah. <laughs> when you and Chris give such good advice, like I listen to your advice and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely the right answer. And then Chris comes in and I'm like, wait, that's also the right answer. (laughs) And you have such great chemistry. I listen every single week. So I'm going to fangirl on you a little bit. Oh, Keelan, thank you. Well, that's all I've got for you. So thank you very much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, you were such a delight and I was so honored when you invited me. So thank you very much, Keelan. All right, Marketeers, that is a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Mary as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. And as always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.